0: welcome okay wait again <laughs> um hi guys and welcome to another episode of nobody asks. today is quite an exciting episode because this is the first episode that i'm doing in completely english and i am joined with a fellow friend jenny hi jenny hi uh, jenny lives abroad so the connection might lag a bit
1: but i'm gonna let jenny introduce herself Amazing! Hi, yes, my name is Jenny Johnson. I am a writer and director based currently in Dallas, Texas, and I'm so excited to be here and Me chat too. with us.
0: Yes. Okay. Um, first of all, you write in Thought Catalog, and I absolutely love the magazine. I've read like a lot of articles, and I want to know like how like how did life get
1: you to that point? Yes, so I studied film in school, so I have been making movies for the past uh, about six years, uh, working in mostly a directorial um, position. But I started writing, um, you know, creatively and contemplatively outside of screenwriting um, like six months ago, um, which I've I've always written. I've always journaled my entire life. And it wasn't until um, I went through a really hard breakup. Uh -uh. (laughs) The start of every
0: like glow up or every actual success in life.
1: (laughs) Yes, I went through a really hard breakup. And then also within the pandemic, I moved from Los Angeles back home to Dallas. And just like a lot of like hurting and and tragedy and and contemplative thoughts that I had, i started to really organize and write down. And one day, I guess like in like December, I kind of woke up a little bit and I was like, this is actually pretty good. Like I think I'm going to like let other people read it. And yeah. I didn't have that confidence until, uh, you know, I, I started sending my stuff to publications and started getting accepted. So that's kind of, that's kind of the, the thought of how I got to yeah. –
0: I'm, I'm very proud of you. Also, um, hey. how is life in L.A.? Because, you know, there's a lot of stigma around it and a lot of uh, toxicity I hear is very negative
1: sometimes. So what's your take on L.A.? Absolutely. Well, I moved to Los Angeles for the purpose of being uh, in a vocation that catered to the career field that I'm in. So though Los Angeles, I think the climate socially has changed a lot right now, it's of, like, internet influencers, people who just like to create content, but my intention moving there was really just to be surrounded by the industry, um, that I'm in. So, I-, I think that, like, I have gotten to see a really interesting renaissance of sorts in the way that people are navigating things. So, I mean, a lot of the stigmas are true. Like, I heard a quote, um uh, on a different podcast. I think someone actually tweeted this, that it was like the biggest difference between like Los Angeles and New York um, are the people and like people in New York are really kind, but not nice. People in Los Angeles are really nice, but not kind, meaning like, a girl's gonna like compliment your skirt, but if you fall down, the mean girls she's probably does, not gonna help you out.
0: Remember the mean girl's point where it's like, oh my god, I love your bracelet, and she was like, oh, that's the ugliest bracelet ever. Yes, it's kind of like that. Yeah,
1: <laughs> very, that's like very much LA culture, and then like on the other side of the spectrum, like New York, the other coast, um, I really like creative mecca, it's kind of like people are gonna like rally around you if someone's like bullying or like ha- heckling you but they're not gonna compliment your skirt do you know what I mean yeah so yeah. I've, they I've care but that it's not
0: like they care
1: right I found that that is kind of the best description of of you know the social climate in LA but I did I loved it and I was very sad to leave um
0: when like at what age did you move to LA because now you're 25 so when did you move to LA Yes.
1: So I was actually uh, only living there, like permanently living there for a year. But like as a filmmaker and a freelance creative, I I travel so often that I was based um, out of Dallas right after I graduated from college. And then I moved to Atlanta, Georgia, um, where I went to graduate school. And then I moved to Los Angeles, which like like I said, I I travel so much. I never really considered anywhere of a like super you know, deep base. Yeah. And like how how is it in the filmmaking industry?
0: You seem to like love it and I love that.
1: I do. I think that my uh opinions on it change on a daily basis. But of course, yeah. I think that um I think that media is so important and especially for women in the year of twenty twenty one that Seeing people that look like you and talk like you and act like you affects the way the trajectory of, of your life is going to go. And so I think, like, my MO has always been to change the narrative, you know, the Cinderella narrative a little bit. The, like, yeah. Manic Pixie Dream Girl narrative a little bit of, like, I – I want women and I want my daughters to like have not even role models to look up to just other humans that operate the way that they do in real life. Not this like idea of what a lot of cisgendered straight white men have told women to look and act and feel like. So that's kind of like where my love comes from it or comes, you know, because I'm so passionate about people, true. and I'm so passionate about women, so.
0: Same. We both read Untamed. Actually, you finished it, I think. I have Yes.
1: I literally. It well,
0: I have it here as well.
1: We're twins. Yes,
0: I, I, I removed the cover as well because the paper covers get ruined while reading. They read do, them. and they get they in do. the way. Yeah, that's true. I actually also- uh, Do you watch Claudia Slusky no on youtube you should actually really watch her because she recommended the book on one of her like videos and i was like oh my god i have to read that and then she recommended this one which is hits and misses by simon rich okay actually you should really get this it's like a bunch of short stories and they're making me laugh hysterically it's like it's like five minutes if each story and it actually is absolutely amazing it's like uh, you know like before bed i don't want to think about life kind of book this is i need amazing.
1: it yeah i need it and Adding i'm still to
0: my yeah i'll send you its name after but i'm still actually right in the middle of untamed oh it's and so- i've been loving it i don't want to finish it i'm reading it slowly yes. so i don't want to have to finish it <laughs> yes yes. Yes, I yes, loved, yes i love it i've highlighted half of it and then my friends are like, you're just going to highlight the whole book. And I'm like, yeah, that's yes. kind of the point. <laughs> the, every what, single line um, is gold. True. What chapter kind of read? Oh, what, like, what's like one thing you read that resonated with you the most? Because I think I have mine highlighted. Oh. If you do, share it with me.
1: Yes. Um, let me. I already found mine. <laughs> yes. Okay. Do you so want me to th- share mine
0: until you share yours?
1: yes please go for it okay
0: so my favorite like line or something is when lennon just said when we are little girl when we are little girls our families teachers peers insist that our loud voices our bold opinions and strong feelings are too much and unladylike so we learn not to trust our personalities childhood stories promise us that girls who dare leave the path or explore get attacked by big bad wolves and pricked by deadly spindles so we learn not to trust our curiosity and i think that adds to it like exactly what you were just saying which is yes, you want. Yeah.
1: Yes. Oh, my gosh. Glennon, it, she Amazing. writes so eloquently. And it's just like, I don't know if you feel this way, but things that she said, I'm like, I have thought those things. And you just, just said it. Just put it into
0: words. words. Exactly. You, you prettier know you than have, I like ever these cut. thoughts. Yeah. You have these thoughts and you just don't know, like, how to put them on paper or say them. She kind of just, yeah. She, she does. Well. She's
1: so talented. That's uh-huh. true. Yes, my – I think my favorite chapter was the chapter um, about boys and about how she yeah, – I
0: just finished reading that.
1: Yeah, and I – it's something that I believe so strongly because where I'm from in a culture very saturated with, um, you know, white, conservative, Christian views, it's it's very uh, – it doesn't take well to the idea of feminism um, and, and the idea that has kind of been skewed more into a reputation. Because feminism isn't this like angry, nasty, violent mm-hmm. uh, notion and idea that women are better than men. And that's kind of the reputation that it has here. So I, I love this chapter where she says, our boys are just as human as our girls are. They need permission, opportunity, and safe places to share their humanity. Let's encourage real vulnerable conversations among our sons and their their friends. Let's ask about their feelings, relationships, hopes, and dreams so they don't become middle-aged men who feel permitted to discuss only sports, sex, and weather. That's the the thing is like I know so many men. I don't hate men. I love men. I love love people. And I think that it is so important that – Equality needs to be the baseline of like, hey, when we get our rights, you get your you rights. You get yours as well. Exactly. Like you, Like yeah. when, when we all have a safe playing field to be vulnerable and open and strong, those things can be synonymous with each other. Like yeah. there's no reason why you should think that boys don't need feminism because they do.
0: Uh, um, where I'm from currently i think when i say that i'm a feminism i get the oh you're just one of them you're one of them and i'm like yes actually i am because i am you have yeah you have this um what society has created the stigma around this word and has made it toxic to some people so when boys or men whoever whatever the context is when they hear the word feminism all they think is girls against boys it's not girls with boys it's girls against boys and yes I also read this one line I I think I remember in my head I don't think I need to open it but I think it said that women are not created to okay I can't exactly remember it which is why I'm gonna open it and find it right now I think it's, it's actually very okay so she said girls are not for conquering they do not exist to play supporting roles in the stories of men they exist all on their own and I love that. And it yes. makes so much, so much sense that women are not created for men and men no. aren't created for women either. We both no. together, you know, it's 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 the unification of the both of us that actually makes sense. And I think feminism is, it's a little too much, like used in wrong context. I think that's what I want Absolutely.
1: to say. Absolutely. It has yeah. been, it has for sure been, Tainted into true. a definition that doesn't exist. <laughs>
0: that that's true. That's true. It's been yeah.
1: When you it's like I,
0: you're one of them. Yep. Yep. Yes, I. Yep,
1: am. <laughs> I am, and I would love to like sit and have coffee with you and talk about why I'm one of them.
0: Exactly. Yeah, and when actually, um, like at, well, a while back, I don't want to get into a on but yeah, I love that line from Glennon's um, book. Also, have you listened to her podcast?
1: I have. I need to catch I up. I love again. it. Yeah, I've, I've listened, listened to, one to the episode first full that.
0: episode. Anxiety, the anxiety one, right? Yes, that was amazing. That was absolutely amazing when she when she was talking about her anxiety while she was sitting like in a cafe and looking to people who are ordering food or ordering food, and she was like, "How are you ordering onion soup when you know you're gonna die?" And it's like, yes, I, I feel that.
1: I feel that so when much she she does such a great job i think describing existentialism and kind of like because that's another thing that society at large i feel doesn't understand because people think that anxiety is just feeling worried when in reality it's rooted so much deeper exactly. in so many things that, that we can't true. control you know what i mean and i yeah, think I know. That she does such a a wonderful job putting words around that and like her partner Abby is just like amazing love her too I think that they are the coolest yeah same I think I've never
0: really sat down with myself and spoken to myself about my anxiety because I've never really put much thought to it until I started reading about it until I started getting or being more aware of it because it's not talked about like you're not sitting at a dinner dinner table with your family and they're like oh like how's your anxiety been But they will ask, oh, how's your diet? Oh, how's your um, physical health? What are you doing to train? What are you doing not to train? So I think still mental health is a big taboo for a lot of people, especially
1: where I live. I don't know. Yes, yes. And I I would love to know a little bit more about kind of how mental health has came to the forefront for you where you live kind of like what do you feel like gave you permission to talk about it
0: i think um well this the past month there was this tv show that probably my egyptian speakers would understand that has started raising awareness for mental health issues the character had adhd so they were speaking about it and i think that's the first ever tv show to introduce mental health as something that we need to work with and not it's not like in, in your head it's not all in your head it's an actual thing that needs treatment that needs nurturing that needs help you know yeah and that has started to uh break the stigma around it and people who have ADHD have been coming up and speaking up about it and I've been loving that lately but I think what started it for me was um I think just watching YouTube from such an early age I started watching okay um, were you one of those people who watched Alicia Marie, uh, Remy, and Meredith Foster and Bethany Moda? Oh my gosh, I I was a Tumblr girl. I was. Oh my god, YouTuber. I was one of them too. Yeah, <gasps> yeah, I was one of them too. I used to take pictures of my donuts, and oh, yeah, it was it. it was it was it was a whole thing. I don't want to remember it, but yeah, I think I started watching YouTube very young, very very yeah. young. I think I was like. 11 or something and so while watching it i i saw the progression of these young so-called beauty influencer or tumblr girls back then and they had um being in the spotlight has caused so many problems in their life yeah. okay you know um demi lovato we used to star in the, uh, disney channel when she was young right and then she grew up to be like an actor, singer and stuff. And she had her documentary on YouTube. And I, I remember watching it. Oh my gosh. I like yeah, I watched it. 13. And and I think that's when I, I like I thought to myself, wait, like what if this worry I'm feeling, is, it's not actually worry. It's, it's because there's nothing to be worried about. Like nothing's going on. I'm just feeling worried for no reason. And then I started to learn the terms and I started reading books about it. And I started to get more educated about it. I think that's, I think the secret, it was like watching YouTube from a young age and watching how the girls progressed over the years and how they've started opening up about their mental health is what kind of changed the stigma around mental health to me.
1: Yeah, and, and that's like, you know, that I think is why it is so potent for like the overall health of our species to yeah. to, to create dialogue around things that we are all experiencing. And, and that's such an important, I don't know, mission, I feel like, which like what a bold thing to assume. Uh, like a mission in my life is like, I just want us to all feel less alone. Because exactly. Because we all are are trying to drown the same demons. And yeah. the, the stream is, is quite strong. So it's like whenever we put words around things that we're struggling with, you know, I, I believe that, like, secrets only grow in darkness. Like, that is where I believe, like, whatever whatever you believe spiritually, like, whether you believe in, like, Satan or, like, the devil or just, like, dark spiritual things, like, I believe that evil exists and I believe that that's how evil gets power is by not talking about it. And it's, like, mm-hmm. having people like Demi Lovato, having people like Glennon, having – Yes. And I specifically thank women who have been told to shut up and sit down since the beginning of time in every culture. Once we start saying, Hey, actually I have some important things to say and guess what? Like you've been suppressing me, Mm -hmm. but you're struggling with them too. So like, why, why, why are we sitting here suffering with our mouths taped shut? True.
0: Have, um, Demi actually created a podcast. If you haven't heard it, go check it out. It's called 4D. And she did an episode with Glennon, which is like, oh my God, two of like, my favorite people ever. ever. And it was like, I enjoyed the episode so much. So she talked to Glennon about Untamed and she talked to her about being in the dark. And they, they said exactly that. They said, like, they can both pinpoint um, where Glennon has been sober for 19 years and Demi uh, relapsed a while back and she was talking to her about how speaking up about it is, has helped her so much. And I feel like I needed that, that conversation with both of them because they're two people I absolutely love. And it was actually a very good episode. So you should call it. It's a new podcast, but it's called 4 yeah. with Demi Lovato. And if anyone here has not listened to that, definitely go check that out. I enjoyed it so much. But yeah. Uh, also, uh, we're finally in June. How was yeah. your May?
1: How was my May. My May was so hectic. I... I, think, I
0: think all of us. I think Sophia just posted yesterday. Okay, so guys, if you don't know who Sophia is, it's a, she's an a Instagram person, in- influencer, you could say. Uh, mm-hmm. Both Jenny and I follow her, and that's kind of mm-hmm. how we started talking. But uh, it's Wellness with Soph on Instagram. Anyways, she posted this story, This I think it was like this morning, and she was speaking about hey, uh, how May was so intense for her. And I, I was just like, same. And then everyone is like, oh my god, same, same, same. And I think it lasted way longer than it should
1: have. Which, like, I don't know. I'm, I'm not well versed enough in, you know, astrology, but I'm sure that there was something going on with the moon and the stars. Yeah. The- um. They sure. people
0: keep saying, <laughs> uh, Mercury, something retrograde I had, I don't know. I yeah. I'm not an astrology person as well. I just kind of, you know, like I know my I sign. That's really cool. about it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's, um, it's a lot. It's yes. a lot taken. Yes, it is. Uh, so May, let's see here. I did quite a bit of traveling. Uh, which is feels weird to come out of my mouth because I am fully vaccinated and obviously was not trying to put anyone at risk. I I took all the precautions that I could. Um, it was like Mother's Day. I took my mom on a really fun little Mother's Day trip. Um, I went to New York, uh, for like a week to see friends and had some business stuff. Um, and then, yeah, just like lots of, lots of hustling and, and I'm working on, um, like five different projects at the moment. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but yes, I think that it was also, as I was reflecting today on my past month, a big theme um, I realized was a lot of like unlearning and like yeah. choosing to like, because you and I are both super proactive with like wanting to learn and do That's true. and like be the best version of ourselves. Like this past month, something that I was working a lot with my therapist was unlearning habits, unlearning. There's this, and, like, I'm trying to play my it.
0: journal because actually there's something on that. So
1: keep, yeah. Keep going. Yes, yes. So, just like choosing, uh, which is sometimes even more difficult, choosing to undo things well, that can't really happen. True. Yeah, can't really happen unless you like supplement it with new knowledge, new habits. So okay. that's a big theme for me, um, in a lot of different aspects of my life, like spiritually, romantically, emotionally, mentally. Um,
0: I read this thing, and I think it's going to resonate with exactly what you were just saying. I can't find my journal, but I remember keeping it on my phone. Okay, so there it is. Um, We subconsciously seek situations to act out old emotional wounds until we are able to heal them. And I wrote this in my June-like beginning because I wanted to say exactly. There are ways to unlearn what you've been told as a child. There are ways to unlearn your coping mechanisms because for me sometimes when i'm when i'm sad when i'm emotional i eat and i've been yeah. trying to it's it's my coping mechanism and it's starting actually it's starting to get a lot better after i realized that you know what there there is ways to unlearn the ways you've been coping with the shit that you deal with and yeah, yeah I, it was just like i love how we're on the same page with our like months but yeah I read this and I wrote it in the beginning of my month, even though I cannot find my journal, journal, but that's exactly what it says. But yeah. Yes. Think, you know what? What's funny? My journal is right here. And I was looking for it. Okay. It's always right, okay. right under your nose. Yep. And uh, when I look for my sunglasses, I and mean, they're actually on top of my head. It's, it's one of those days. It's one always. of those days. But yeah, let me show you. I wrote something else as well, which I would like to share. Okay, so look at my June. We love oh, my June. Beautiful. Yeah, okay, great handwriting. Thank you. Um, okay, so I wrote this one as well. Then, not have okay, wait, let me say this again. I'm gonna cut this out. <laughs> okay, so I said, uh, I wrote, sometimes the point is to experience not knowing and confusion because what is born of your uncertainty is sometimes more important than not having known or not having been certain in the first place. And I love that, I love that as well. I can't remember where I got it from, but I really, really liked it. It resonated with me because, you know how, at starters, I wasn't sure about starting this podcast, and I wasn't sure about, you know, recording and doing the whole editing because editing takes so long, and I was like, okay, I'm not going to do this, and then I've met so many people and talked to so many people whom I love and look up to, so it actually turned out to be good, but, like, that's an example what um, do you have any examples of something you were uncertain of that turned out to be absolutely amazing?
1: Yes, I. Well, first of all, I love that, and I think that this podcast is just like the coolest thing. And also, your voice is just like butter. Like I could listen. Uh,
0: oh my life. god! No one who has ever met me in real life has ever said that to me. But thank fake you.
1: news. I don't believe you. <laughs> uh,
0: I'm very loud. I'm very very loud. So my friends hate it because I'm I'm screaming all the time. If when they listen to this episode they'll be like, actually, yeah, yeah. She's we got things to say. I've got things to say exactly. Thank you. Thank you, Jenny. Exactly. Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, the question was what again? Uh something that you were uncertain of that turned out to be great. Oh my gosh. Yeah, absolutely. I I think that um I am such a hyper. Well, I don't like saying I'm hyper spiritual. Everyone is spiritual, whether they claim it or <laughs> not, because we live in a spiritual world. You know, I yeah. should stop a- apologizing. Does not need to. You know, I'm not going to apologize. But exactly. um, I think that like choosing, which this this might not, this might be counterintuitive, but like choosing to heal from something. Yeah, is like the hardest decision. That is so true. Just because as we were saying like habitually it's much easier to suffer if you've been suffering or if you've been hurting and I was reading uh, I think like an academic journal about the neuroplasticity in our brains and kind of how our brains tend to go towards the familiar because it feels good um, and my shrink told me last year like i was talking about coping mechanisms and he had stopped me and he was like do you understand that you're like not coping You're, like, actually (laughs) choosing to, like, suffer more. You're being counterproductive. Yeah. You are being counterproductive here. Like, turn off the sad song that reminds you of this. Exactly.
0: Okay. So, uh, Olivia Rodrigo's album that everyone's been, like, listening to and obsessed with, I'm choosing not to listen to that. because, And that's, like, such an act of, like,
1: self-love. Like,
0: okay, the song is in my head because of TikTok, but I'm still actively choosing not to download it or put it in my likes because it's it's energy
1: I don't want around me right right and like you can still recognize I feel the exact same way um Taylor Swift's folklore and sister album Evermore live in a very sacred place in my heart and I adore them they inspire me I think that she is an impeccable artist but I am so overly aware that (laughs) if I listen to that album, even though it'll feel good and I feel like I'm enjoying it, I'm actually just hurting my own feelings. Exactly. And it's like choosing that sort of like emotional recovery is just like, it's it's difficult, but like so important because you do see the fruit of it later on. Like, I know that I'm going to be having a better day if I choose the hard of like, you know, sure. not do, doing something that like doesn't feel as familiar or good.
0: Yeah, I I wake up every day to my phone, as probably all of us do. And when I wake up, I tend to avoid going on Twitter because of the news and news just drains me. I I avoid certain apps. I think like right when I wake up, I usually open Instagram because after filtering out all the people that just, you know, made me, um, you know, either compare myself or just brought out like the negative in me. Uh, I filtered out my Instagram and now everything on my feed is like things I want to see, people I want to see, people I want to catch up with. And I think just, you know, consciously opening either Pinterest or Instagram in the morning, something to be like, you know what, this is going to be a good day. And even if I wake up feeling kind of groggy and like I don't want to even like wake up or get out of bed because uh, I have a gap year this year. So I've really got nothing to do. So like waking up out of bed is not even like I could stay in bed all day. But I right. actively choose not to, and I think yes. that has helped me. And fixing my sleep schedule ish has also helped a bit, because Absolutely. yeah. But I feel like yeah, it's it's um, healing is definitely an active choice, even though sometimes we don't want to tell ourselves that because we want to keep hurting. That's just right. the, the, the reality of it. yeah.
1: Especially in a, the past like year, 18 months that have just been absolute hell for so many of us. That's true. I, I think that we all kind of got into this spot of like apathy and hurt and like pessimism. And it's like, it's easier to like stay in that mindset. But like in reality, like actually literally today is June 1st. It's a new season mm-hmm. Like, we are, we as a society are turning a new leaf, but like, time doesn't stop for anyone. And it's like, why don't we just like get on the same page as it um, and not try to like sit back and like fester in all of the hurt? No, that is true.
0: Yeah. Okay. I wanted to actually. I'm gonna. I'm gonna cut this bit out, but we're gonna continue and like let's let's see where the conversation ends. So okay. um Okay. So I wanted to ask you about things you would have wanted to have learned, but my age because you're 25. You're a little older. You're a little more wiser. Okay. A little more. A little wiser. Um, <sighs> and I'm sure you've got some stories to tell. So tell me. Um, things you would have
1: wished you knew earlier? Absolutely. Uh, well, a thing that I wish I would have learned but could not have before I did was <laughs> I think the decentralization of the importance of the way that you look. Um, Tell I me think, about it. Yes, I think that Which it's, and it's different in many different cultures, but where I was raised, the, you know, the way that you looked was the most important thing about you as a woman. And it, yeah, it negated every part of your life. And so I remember being your age and like, how much time would I have gotten back if I didn't. Choose and it wasn't even so much like a a comparison game. Um, I'm not a huge person when it comes to like, I'm the least competitive person you're ever gonna meet. Like, oh,
0: I can't relate. I'm the most competitive person you're ever gonna meet. (laughs) Yes,
1: well, I say this I am avidly competitive with myself, which to to, to an extent, like, that's really good, but like, I also think I have this idealized version that's like of yourself, Jenny that, like, I'm never going to be able to live up to because, first of all, She's how just boring... just too
0: much, be. you know? Yeah. Yeah, that'd it's be super boring. Much.
1: But, like, I remember thinking, like, oh, if, like, my nose could just do this or, like, if my, like, this just looked yes. a little bit different this way. Like, if I could just, like, my abs be a little bit... And it's just kind of, like, how much mental rent did I spend thinking about that stuff when, in reality, the way that you look... I do think that it's important to like take uh, care of yourself. Take care of yourself, absolutely. But the way that you feel about the way that you look is more important than the way that you look. Uh, So that is something that I would say to my younger self is like, let's decentralize, you know, vanity in general. Yeah.
0: I completely, completely agree because um, I'm. I am guilty of what you just said. I spent a lot of time. We all things. are. Uh, okay, so um, I always was insecure about my nose because I have this like little bump. And even though it's not like, it's not like, oh my God, it's there, but I was, I'm always like, I'd look a little better if my nose was perfect, you know? Which, like, and what then, does
1: better even mean? Exactly, like, you who created that?
0: It? Yes, who created? That look that we're all following. Who created that? Perfect. This straight white straight European ones?
1: men. That's
0: who. You know what, like, pisses me off? Like, what generally pisses me off is... Let me hear the, it. Like, the men who create women's beauty standard or who judge women. So, like, there's just uh nothing against white men, but, like, you get what I mean. So, white men, just... Uh, bald uh, fat or whatever and they're just sitting down and being like oh um I'm, i need a girl with curves uh, she can't be like too thick but she's she can't be too skinny either she's got to have this perfect nose full lips you know the cheeks the um, the arms like you know what i mean so men kind of tend to pick and actually not just men we think that there's a catalog that we can pick our women from and and realizing that is It's what helps me be okay with my nose, I guess. And I feel like when Sophia – because Sophia had a similar nose, and then she got this liquid nose job, so it kind of fixed it. And I was like, oh, come on. no!" But, like, yeah, what is,
1: like, fixing it even mean? Like you said, I am all about doing whatever makes you feel, like, the best version of yourself, however you want that to be. But make sure that it's for you and not for – any other audience because you are the only person also I realized <laughs> I wrote this in my journal last year I was in a yoga class mm. and I was like I am I've worked on it but I am not the most limber flexible person I'm Same. not at all yeah um but there was a, a man in front of me who was just like uh oh, He was – whatever pose he was doing, he was doing it perfectly. His balance, his form, everything. And I found myself, like, looking at him and being like, why can't I, like, do that? You know what I mean? Like, But this, like, I don't typically fall into the comparison trap until I realize that it's, like, I'm only having a hard time. Like, no one is – he's not thinking about me. Exactly. In fact, he's probably criticizing himself, even though I think that, you know, he is doing a really great job. He probably doesn't think so. And it's like, Mm -hmm. everyone is so worried about what other people think, but we're all just thinking about ourselves. ourselves.
0: Thank you. Yes. I love that. Uh, But yeah, I, I I fell into the trap actually a few days ago. Um, I changed, uh, my, um, Beginner level, uh, CrossFit to an intermediate level, so I I kind of jumped a level. Badass. And so everyone in that session was lifting like like weights, weights, you know, like big weights. And I'm I'm here with my empty barbell, but I feel like I, a year ago when I started training CrossFit, I could not lift a kettle a kettlebell. Yeah. I just couldn't. And now I'm lifting a bar. So I think I got really discouraged while I was in the class and I was like looking at everyone. I'm like, why can't I do this? Also, keep in mind I'm the youngest in that class. Like all of them are like 30s, 40s, maybe even mid twenties. And I'm I haven't even I haven't even started my twenties, you know? So when I'm I'm thinking about it, I'm like, okay, each and every one of the people in like the room have all been where you are right now. They haven't yeah. gotten to where they are without having to go through what you're going through and what okay so what if this girl's lifting so much and you're lifting like so little like if you're lifting higher would that affect you would that affect her no and I feel like that kind of thinking got me okay you don't have to worry worry. you're gonna reach what you want you want to reach and I feel like that kind of humbled me a bit but yeah I get I totally get the when you exactly so you don't like, people don't think of you as much as you think they
1: do. That is no, that's, no. That's in true. fact, they are probably, and this is a completely different direction, but like the way that people think about you, the way that people talk to you, the way that you're treated, also, it's such a cliche, but cliches are a cliche for a reason. It has nothing to do with you, it has to exactly. do with themselves. That is so true. like I, I, okay, let me, um, this is not what like
0: something I'm super fond of, but. I feel like sometimes when um, I'm like talking to someone and I criticize something about them and then I actively make the choice to think about what I just said. And then I realize, okay, why am I criticizing this person when I want to have what that person is doing? Absolutely. You know? And then I feel like, okay, so if that person is criticizing me, that's kind of the same way you criticize someone else because, okay, for example, I, um, I'm not gonna, you know, say her name or whatever but I have a friend and then I was just like talking to someone about and I'm like oh okay she does this and she does that and then I realized but Amina you want to do this and you want to do that so why are you criticizing her when you want to be like her and I think that is what got me to the cliche understanding that what you criticize is usually something that you either feel something that you felt in yourself or something that you want and you can't get Absolutely, and that is very true. Well, I mean, I
1: think, yeah, anger is a, for sure a secondary emotion. That usually the reason why people are angry or offended is because they're hurt first, and like, that is true. or they are, you know, that that can com- that comparison trap of like, you know, why is she doing that? Why is she acting like that? Like, there's a root there, and yeah. once you like look at your own root, you everyone. When when you can really, like, know people and listen to people, uh, it's much harder to judge them.
0: That is very true.
1: Right. I love that.
0: Also, uh, I was just flipping through my journal as we speak, and um, I saw this thing where I wrote that everyone you meet is a mosaic of every single person you've met and every single media or anything they consume in general. And I kind of like that. I like the idea of it because I kind of – understand things and metaphors you could say absolutely um, something that actually Glennon as well resonated with and i remember yes. listening to it in an episode uh she i feel like okay so once i started fo- following sophia you know the hot girl walks the ice roller like you get influenced by so many things and that makes you who you are and i kind of wanted to speak about it on the podcast and i feel like yeah. you might get that, that idea as well like what has shaped you like what are the like five you could say five or six pillars that like y- you consumed or is a part of your character now
1: yes oh my god I love that question because I think that that I believe in the concept that there is no such thing as uh, a new thought a new idea there's just accumulation of a lot of different ones coming together uh so I would say a couple of like thematic parts of the marrow of who I am. Um, uh, I mean, religion is, is a very big pillar, uh, in my life and, you know, kind of two ways I was raised very conservatively in a Christian, in a Christian household. And that has kind of, it's not turned me away from religion, but turned me inward to it. And so I think that like, that's a huge pillar of mine is like that uh, has inspired me to kind of uh, create and form my own opinions and and explorations. So I'd say religion, um, I would say I was deeply uh, influenced by Britney Spears growing up. yeah. (laughs) I remember quite vividly buying the Baby One More Time CD. (laughs) Um, and though I am not a singer by any means, um, I, (laughs) I've been, um, in the entertainment industry for a long time and, and she was just like such a, such a renegade and like such a, this like talented, like powerhouse of, of, of a performer. So she's also (laughs) blonde. And I was like, (laughs) I'm blonde. I want to be like Britney Spears. Um, like the most basic of levels. Um, and then I would say another influence. Um, I used to, I spent a lot of time with my grandmother growing up and I I say that she's not dead. She's alive. She's still here. Um, but, (laughs) um, her and I, I remember watching movies with her. And she introduced me to um, like "Singing in the Rain" was a big like classic movie we watched. Mm. Um, Balto, if you if, if you ever watched Balto, it's an animated movie about um, a wolf. I think, uh, yeah, I think
0: I know that. one. I think I do. I think I do.
1: <laughs> and then we watched like dis like Disney movies, animated movies, um, old black and white movies, uh, yeah. and and that I think really propelled me into wanting to be a filmmaker was like learning stories, um, because the time that I would spend with her was always saturated in really good stories. Um, another thing that kind of really influenced me, let's see here, um, Ooh, what a good question. I feel I like... I know, t-
0: it, get, it gets you thinking about, like... Yeah. The yeah.
1: It's a really good, like, first date question. Um... Oof. Oh, a, a really big influence for me also growing up was Elle Woods, like, Legally Blonde. Like, mm. watching... Watching a woman, you know, kind of be, you know, everything that people didn't think she could be yeah. and, like, really overcoming odds and, like, also being a leader and, like, helping other people um, and not just being a pretty face, I think yeah. that that was super influential to me in general. It's just very, yeah. to me. Uh, and then also... I'm thinking back on like, uh, like internet culture, and like I actually took a little sabbatical from the internet when um, when I moved back home. So I took like five months off the internet completely, other than my. Oh, how was that? Yeah, it was ethereal. It was amazing. Well, I I realized that I, but
0: I can't. I know well, I Well,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I realized that this might be the only other time in my life because of the pandemic and, like, my career j- sort of taking a pause along with the rest of Hollywood yeah. that I would have the opportunity to do that. Also, like, choosing to, like, really heal from a lot of, like, losses, like, leaving L.A. and the end of yeah. a relationship and a lot of those kind of things, yeah. Um, I realized that I'd been on the internet my entire cognitive young life. And I, <laughs> like I, yeah, I started my Tumblr page when I was 11, 12. Uh, and I'd been on like Twitter. I, re- I have like my actual surname as my Instagram name because <laughs> I was the first person that I knew that like downloaded Instagram. You know what I mean? Like I've had it since the beginning and I realized how much that had affected me as a person.
0: I think something I'm super thankful. um, I, from the time gap of 2014 and 2016, I lived um, in England, actually. And so whilst I was there, I was young. I was in uh, year six or year, yeah, I think within year four and year six. And my parents had not allowed me to have a phone and i'm so thankful for that because at the end of 2016 that's when i downloaded instagram but i know that if i had downloaded it while i was there it would have consumed the experience of living somewhere else because i've lived in cairo ever since i was little so yeah. living abroad those 2 years taught me so so much and i remember my teachers so so well like if you would have if you could ask me now like if i resonate with something any of my teachers here have told me I would be like uh, I can't remember but because I'm so, I was so consumed by the media by what people think by the crowd and I think being abroad I remember okay um my teachers and like little things they would do little things they would say and I'm so so thankful that I did not have my phone back then and mm. it, it did really help me grow as a person. I did have a tablet, though. And that is how I started watching YouTube. And I'm sure one of my pillars is Superwoman. I mean, I grew up to Lily. Love saying, that. I grew up to her. I, I was walking around doing this and clicking. And, like, mm. my mom thought I was something that just came out of Mean Girls. She was like, you're talking like the girls in Mean Girls. And I'm like, okay, so what? Yes. I know. I have family members who still see me and um, they laugh at me because I click my fingers when I speak.
1: That's a <laughs> and do- it's kind of funny. It
0: is funny. Yes.
1: What a good pillar too. Yeah. 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 I do. I think that like influence from the internet is something that can be like deeply beneficial and like formative for who you are. Um, but like also can be so toxic when you have a lot of voices that, like, don't really deserve a say in your headspace, you know what I mean? So, yeah, taking those five months off, I obviously did, I'd like to think, my best writing work. I'd like to think that, like, I really connected with my higher power more than I ever thought that I could in my young adult life. Um, And I just, like, really, as cliche as it is, I lived in the moment for those five months. Yeah, exactly. Working I about people. documenting what I was doing. And it was like, it's just really important to, to take rent on, on what you're doing rather than wanting other people to see what you're doing. You know, that
0: is that I love that actually, I really do. And uh, I wanted to ask you another question on like the advice thing. Um, what's like one piece of advice? Someone, uh, you, were, someone, someone, it doesn't have to be older but someone that you respect or look up to has told you that has still stuck with you to say it could be more than one piece of advice because
1: yeah yeah, yeah man um best piece of advice um i don't know about you but i have a really bad time with patience and waiting because Same. Yeah. I love making things happen. I'm a doer. Uh, I feel if and, I start
0: an art piece, it has to be done. It has to be finished that day or I'm not continuing it.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think who, who gave this advice. Uh, oh, I do know. <laughs> so another pillar of mine, which she is much more of a, an adult pillar, but um, I have, you know, wanted so badly to be uh be the best of like who I can be uh right now at 25 even though I know that I'm hopefully you know lord willing have (laughs) a lot longer in this lifetime and so I'm really impatient with that and and I just want you know to go and be the best and and not be you know not make anything that's bad or futile or like whatever um and so Tan France from Queer Eye and because he's actually like a business mogul and another um oh I don't remember his name it's escaping me but they were they were being interviewed and they're both successful businessmen and uh this businessman said he's he's the owner of a very successful coffee company and he said you know i've always had this fear of failure and i've been really impatient with like want, i just want success i just like don't want to mess up i don't i just like want to be where i want to be and i want to be good but i realized that to find success i was going to have to double my rate of failure
0: yeah i love them
1: and like that struck me so so hard because part of success is in conjugation yes. to failure. That is like true. you, and it's not even just oh, you need to fail and try again and fail. No, those failures are going to supplement the success aid. that you have. Yeah, aid in your success. Yeah, yeah, and it's like also whenever you stop looking at success is lack of failure, you start to have a lot more fun with what you're doing. And also, even if, not
0: just as lack of failure, I think success. Is more of a journey than an end goal. It isn't linear, and I think no. that misconception of success. When you say like, "Oh, I want to be successful," you're not gonna reach a point where you're super successful because you're gonna reach that point and you're gonna want you're gonna want more. So it's never, exactly it's never
1: ending. It's like you know, it's a cycle. It's a circle. And success is subjective, and like you are the exactly. only person. Success is for you is to you but I yeah. I know that at 25 um I I'm giving myself permission to be free and have the freedom to try and fail because failing is actually pretty fun you know as long as you're not like hurt harming anyone or anything yeah but like I I love giving myself the freedom to be like Hey, you can try to learn the violin and be really bad at it and not like it. And you can Look at laugh and, and have fun.
0: I decided. Uh, I already played the guitar when I was young. And so this morning I had this, I don't know, what do you call it? A creative surge. Epiphany. Yeah. Exactly. And I just said, you know what? I w- okay, my guitar is strumming right now. Uh, I-, I was just like, you know what? Um, I'm gonna bring it down because I had it like somewhere in storage, and I was like, you know, what? I'm gonna bring this down, and I'm gonna bring out my notes, and I'm gonna try. Yeah. And I've been before we started recording this, I was playing the guitar for like three hours straight. Three I love hours that. straight.
1: I hope and you were having I just, fun it's there.
0: I was actually, even though I failed completely at trying to actually do the song, I I was enjoying it. Um, right. It was, it was fun, but yeah, uh, exactly. So it isn't success isn't linear it's it's not something you reach its something it's, it, it's a, yeah. yeah it's a
1: circle it's, it's cause, right know. and and I do think that like there is something to be said for you know a, a, a long obedience in the same direction but success also isn't linear as long yeah. as long as you are still yeah you so know if you're not up. Vertically, yeah. it doesn't matter, like, I, you know, your X and your Y axis aren't they don't okay. have to be in conjunction with each other. I think
0: I look at success rather than an X and a Y, I think I look at it as a three sixty. Because it just right. keeps going and going yeah. and going. And you know, I think in metaphors and I think when I think of success because okay, um at the beginning of May last year, or I think June, I can't quite remember, but I decided to start working out and start eating well and stuff and I went from Chloe Ting uh to uh, you know everything I that love Chloe has Ting. led me uh it got me in a, into a kind of a toxic relationship with working out it, it wasn't for me totally but you should try Vicky Justice if you haven't I love okay. that woman I love her I'll send you also her at, um anyways so I think Actively like deciding to start working out, I thought because all of Chloe things are like two week, uh, whatever, three week, whatever, right? And I would think that, oh, if I work out for two weeks, I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna have abs, and that's like the biggest, like, lie, aha, uh-huh, you know. And I feel like I, after I started going from two weeks to another, to another, to another, I realized that it's never gonna end, and it's been a year that I've actively. Yeah. Been, you know, working out and trying to eat well and whatever. Sometimes I don't work out, sometimes I do. And I I realize it's been a year and I'm still working out. And it kind of adds to that success or healing or whatever you would would like to call it, working on yourself as a circle rather than as a line. But yeah. Yes. I love that. Okay. This is a super great note to end this episode. Actually, we've passed 30 minutes by a while. It's been an hour. yes you're gonna have Um, some
1: popping up to do yeah
0: i'll do it on the weekend anyways um before we end this episode what's one thing you would like to say to the listeners like what's your takeaway ah yeah
1: uh from like the one thing that like we've talked about uh from anything anything okay any um be nice to yourself today. You don't have to make a promise for tomorrow, but uh just like be be sweet because you uh you're the one friend that you're always going to have. So you might as well just be nice to them.
0: Yeah, I love that. And I really really enjoyed this and I hope we can uh do this again. Yes. Um, thank-